Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Hi, cold open here from John and Hank to let you know that we have some exciting new merch available. No, it's not. It's to talk about (laughs) the global pandemic that is COVID-19 and that has caused so much disruption to so many people's lives. I don't know. Is that how we want to do it? I don't know. You tell me. You try. Cold open, everybody. It, It is a stressful and disconcerting time, and it is one we were all being asked to uh, do things that we may not want to do, but I'm I'm happy myself to be doing all of the hand washing and working from home and not face touching and social distancing that I can. I feel like I that's think... very easy for you to say, and also that we're not. You can't do all the social distancing. You can. You have to do all the social distancing. Yeah. Well. I, so. I, like. Yeah. So this is this is the thing. Um, you are aware of this problem. We are aware of this problem. Now let's have some time where we're not always thinking about it and there is there is space to be in a world as it exists without it being like without sort of experiencing dread during every second of a terrible situation yeah i think we should be calm i think we should be kind i think we should be compassionate but i also think we should understand where we are where this is in history and that there has not been a moment like this in our lives and there will not be a moment like this again hopefully yeah one more try one more try hi cold open Look, we're going to try to have some laughs today, Mm. but we are also cognizant of the fact that for many of you, probably most of you, this is a profoundly uncertain and scary time. We don't know what to say about Mm -hmm. that. All we can say is we believe in listening to experts. The experts are telling us to isolate ourselves from other people. But even when we can't gather, we still need to find ways to be together. And we hope that this can be a small way of being together. I know I've been treating podcasts that way lately, where uh, Chris and I, my best friend, will listen to a podcast together and then discuss it afterwards on the phone as a way of being together, even though uh, we can't be physically together right now. So, yeah, this is an incredibly hard time, and Hank and I don't know how to make sense of it any more than anyone else does. <laughs> yeah. 
and in order to maintain some sense of uh, of stability and and uh, connection with how things are and have been, get ready for some really upbeat intro music. And welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John. Please have a dad joke that's going to make me laugh this week for the first time in like three months. What genre are national anthems? (sighs) What genre are national anthems? Country. I think I just laughed because my 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 bar is set exceptionally low right now <laughs> for what's an acceptable level of humor. I really like that one. Also, I feel like a lot of things that I found funny a week ago, I don't find funny anymore. So it's possible that now I do find <laughs> right. dad jokes. You funny. like dad jokes now? It could have it happened. happened. It could have happened. Ugh. I'm not ruling it out. All right, Hank. Uh, let's start. By answering questions from our listeners, because that's what we do. And I I agree with you that where it is possible to maintain a sense of consistency, let's do it. Because in lots and lots of places, it's not possible. This first question comes from Jose, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I'm Jose from Madrid. My government ordered a nationwide two-week house confinement to stop the spread of coronavirus. I have about 20 days to do absolutely nothing but be alone (laughs) with my family and my thoughts, only leaving home to throw away trash or get more food. What do I do? So far, I've started taking care of a plant. His name is Kevin. I've attached a picture. And I've listened to all the episodes of Dear Hank and John. (laughs) (laughs) We've made so many episodes of Dear Hank and John. And Jose got through all of them. Yeah. Uh, And it's been been a day or two. Yeah. Uh, Oh, gosh. Well... Jose, I have a lot of suggestions. I, I, this uh, we got we got so many versions of this question yeah. from people who are home from school or people yeah. who are in Italy or Spain or people like everybody is dealing with this and going to be dealing with this. This is the only question that I directly need answered as well. John, what do I do? Yeah. Well, I've been home for six days. Now, I'm very fortunate in that I am able to do work from home insofar as it is possible to do work while having two school-aged children who are ostensibly learning from home as full-time students. That is its own thing. So that's part of what I'm doing. Like, three hours a day, I'm a teacher now? (laughs) There's been a lot of watching Crash Course Kids and SciShow Kids in my house. By the way, wonderful tools, Hank. Thanks. I don't think I ever said thank you for Crash Course Kids and SciShow Kids, two shows that I had absolutely nothing to do with but have been getting a lot of credit for in the last 48 hours. I didn't have much to do with them either. It's a great... Great teams made those things, and uh, and Oren also loves them, even though it's, he's a little young for them yet. Yeah, I had somebody. Uh, so I tweeted about our of some of our work from home plans, um, and somebody said, "No one should ever go into an office. Offices aren't where work gets done; they're where productivity gets destroyed." And I downright snapped. I went for it on that guy because boy, 
a, a, a lot of people, it is it is not easy to to work from home. It's um, not. If you have a family and uh, especially if you do not have a big house where you can sort of be like, I'm going to be in this other room that we just happen to have. Well, yeah. Also, a lot of people can't do the work that they do from home. Oh, of course. And many people, of course, cannot do it at all. Like that's just the reality for a lot of people. Yeah. So to whatever extent boredom is an issue, yes. the good news is that we have never lived in a better time for free solutions to boredom. I'm going to just give you 10 favorites, oh, Jose. He's going to go with 10. I'm going to go with 10, Hank. There, we okay, A lot of us are about to have a lot of time. Jose, I think the most important thing, in addition to making sure that you are, are doing everything you can to to keep yourself appropriately separated mm-hmm. from other people is finding ways to still be connected to people. Yeah. That's just essential to human health. And so make time to talk with your friends. Sarah and I are doing a thing every evening called the virtual cocktail hour where we have cocktails via video chat with a friend. Mm. And it's a, a different, we're kind of rotating through all of our friends as a way of trying to stay connected. What do your children do during this period of time? Are they just taking taking care of themselves? Oh, they they fend for themselves at this point. Oh, you know, like I have nice. no, honestly, I don't know. They they run in and out and like they are participating in the video okay. chat. They just aren't drinking the cocktails. Oh, okay, good. By the way, I mean, <laughs> I, I thought we had three weeks of cocktails, but maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe you don't. Don't have a three week supply of cocktail things. So that's yeah. th- that's number one. Number two, podcasts. Now this is going to sound really astonishing, Jose, but we do not make the only podcast. <laughs> there are a bunch of them, so and many. many of them significantly better than this one. Yeah. In fact, I can identify two that are better than this one that still have our voices: <laughs> the Anthropocene Reviewed and SciShow Tangents. So I recommend both of those. But also, ninety nine percent invisible. Yeah. Uh, the episode of Reply All about the the hit, oh, the lost hit, Hank. That uh, was the uh, best hour of radio I have enjoyed in a long time. It was the most satisfying media experience I yes. have ever had. Yes. Everybody go listen to this episode <laughs> of Reply All about a God. guy who remembers a hit song that nobody else remembers. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's so good. There are so many great podcasts that you can listen to. Number three. There are a lot of good books that you can read for free, specifically every book in the world published before 1923. John, do you want to know my million-dollar idea? Here's my million-dollar quarantine idea. And, of course, it is not a million-dollar idea because it will make no money. Great. But That's what we need right now. <laughs> here it is. Here's Zero-dollar ideas. Zero-dollar idea. I want to do a podcast where I just read an out-of-print book. Or not an out-of-print book, but a, a book that is in the public domain. It's a great idea. And just like one one chapter a day and you can like hang out and I can read you a, I don't know, Little Women or something. Is Little Women in the public domain? I don't know. But Pride and Prejudice. Can I tell you, that I think that's a great idea. And what I like best about it is that it's zero dollars. Yeah. We already have the stuff that we need. It, it costs no money and it makes no money. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't, <laughs> exactly. don't put advertisements on it. That'll just be a distraction. Just make the thing. I love that idea. I've been reading, this is only tangentially related, but I've been reading a book called Whose Names Are Unknown that was supposed to be published like 
85 years ago, but oh. instead only got published in 2014. Weird. It's a very sad story. This extraordinary writer, Sonora Babb, who is a Native American woman, worked recording the stories of people living through the Depression. And actually, John Steinbeck used her research to write uh, The Grapes of Wrath. Mm -hmm. And then after The Grapes of Wrath came out, her publishing contract basically got canceled because the editor was like, no way we can have another hit depression novel. We've already got one. Oh, yeah? This book is so good. It's so good, and it was completely forgotten. Hmm. And there are so many books like that. Yeah. So that's another thing I would say. Like, turn to the public domain. This is a great time, I think, to be listening to voices from the past anyway. Yeah. You know, read the speeches of yeah. frickin' Cicero. Read the speeches of Cicero! That was going to be my fourth thing, actually, is poetry. Okay. This is a great time for poetry. Mm -hmm. I need poetry to give me language for the stuff that I'm feeling right now. So mm -hmm. I've been watching a lot of Ars Poetica, yeah. the YouTube channel with free poems on it. Oh, can I do one, John, since yeah. you've been going for a while and I, I, now I've got ideas? Yeah. Hypotheticals. I Just uh, imagine what, like, like what something would be like if something were slightly different. And it can be as simple as like, what if instead of eggs, we didn't have eggs? What would the world be like without eggs? My world would be identical. <laughs> bake you have mm, you not with things eggs that have eggs in them no i don't or, or i find that there is uh there's infinite joy in finding things out and asking questions that like what if there were no gas giants in the solar system how would things be different what if we lived on a moon whoa, of a gas whoa, whoa. Giant? Slow, slow it down green what yeah something extraordinary is about to happen what something unprecedented is it? okay i'm about to correct you about science Okay. There are no gas giants in the solar system. Boom! Boom! No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. What do you mean? You said, what would happen if there were no gas giants in the solar system? And there aren't any because our solar system only has one star. Gas giants are a kind of planet. Dang it! <laughs> so confident! <laughs> so Jupiter is a, Jupiter is a gas giant. Yes. Any others? This is just for my edification. Yeah, Jupiter, uh, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune are all gas giants. I did that whole bit so that I could hear your ridiculous pronunciation of Uranus. <laughs> I, I knew. <laughs> I knew about the gas giant thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh huh. I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. What's number? What's did I did I do number six? What's number seven? Let's face it. We're not keeping count anymore. Wikipedia <laughs> rabbit holes. So yeah. you read, a, yeah. this is actually how I found this, this novel whose names are unknown was via a Wikipedia rabbit hole. And I believe I started reading about Lyle Taylor, the former AFC Wimbledon striker. I was like, is Lyle <laughs> Taylor having a good season? Let's go to his Wikipedia page. And about an hour and 15 minutes later, I was like, I think I will order this novel written <laughs> 80 years ago that just got published. <laughs> Gather and I built some shelves this weekend. We got all the stuff in the basement up off the floor. I also started playing Stardew Valley with Oren, which is a, a video game where you are a farmer. Video games are wonderful. And there are many of them that are very relaxing and that are great escapes, but are also beautiful art. And I have not played much in the way of video games for years. It, that's ob obvious watching your uh, Stardew Valley <laughs> playthrough, by the way. I did play like five days without live streaming it so that I could at least know how to like click on stuff. <laughs> well, that, that isn't as obvious. <laughs> well, it would have been worse. Yeah. I mean, I have been absolutely overwhelmed with dread 
to be honest, yeah. for most of the last week and really freaked out. I mean, one of the things that I, I kind of knew intellectually but hadn't fully internalized about mm-hmm. big, big, big problems is that uh, you, you still have all of your old problems yeah. while you're living amid them. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, you know, I, I still have obsessive compulsive disorder and it's pretty severe. And this is a really, really stressful time, I think, for a lot of people who already have pre-existing anxiety problems or pre-existing problems with uh, feeling isolated or or with depression. And mm-hmm. finding ways to feel calm, to feel connection, even to feel distraction are to me all valuable. Mm -hmm. But I also think that when we are able to, when we're ready to, we need to be thinking about the people who are most vulnerable and if there's any way that we can support them, whether that's calling someone Mm -hmm. we know might be having a a difficult time or, or who might be severely affected by this or, you know, seeing if there are ways that we can support the causes that are most focused on helping those people. Mm -hmm. And I think that like keeping those folks in your mind so that when opportunities come up to to help or to to sort of create the opportunities to help, you know, and I think keep in mind that like donations to food pantries and, and oftentimes the best donation is money so that they can buy exactly what they need. And we need to be appreciating the people who are who are working the hardest right now. And there's a lot of that work that's gonna be very hard and I, I think um, underappreciated coming up. So so reaching out to people in your life and reaching out to people who who are not. And also, if you want to uh, practice your own creation, whatever that is, if you want to, uh, if you got a guitar nearby and you've always been wanting to learn to play it, or um, you got a pencil and paper and you want to sketch a coffee mug or something, it's a it's a time for personal exploration and 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 connection with ourselves as well as the people around us. I've been learning to play the piano. Have you? Have you? Yeah. I was going to keep it I, a secret from uh, you. Remember that? Oh, uh, no. Why did why'd you tell me? I'm so disappointed. I wanted to get Pia'd. Yeah. Remember Pia, who was going to learn how to play the violin and then surprise her family? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you why, why I'm telling you about it. I've been learning from my son, mm-hmm. who himself takes classes and is very good. And the reason I'm telling you about it now, Hank, is that I've been learning the piano for several, for like, I would say like two months. Uh-huh. And I'm so bad. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's, it's all I want to do, all I want to be able to do is play the 12 bar blues, which is not technically difficult for most piano players. Okay. And I cannot get there. It's actually really interesting to do this with a 10 year old teacher because he's at once very patient and like just baffled. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, it's it's not it's not that he's frustrated, he's yeah. just confused. No, he's being very kind about it. He's just yeah. like, how could somebody be this bad at this thing? <laughs> I can't I cannot remember yeah. being this unskilled. No, and that. indeed I don't think he ever was, right? Like I think oh, okay. the first time it yeah. was explained to him, he was like, Oh yeah, I got it. And then he's yeah. just like, No, 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 further apart. And he's also like kind of shocked that I can't hear when it's wrong. Right. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, You're not doing you're not doing it. <laughs> so my initial hope was that one day I would like play keys in your band. Right. But that uh that that seems very Distant. a very remote possibility. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's that's lovely. I like it. I wish my son could teach me piano. That would be very fun. Doom, 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 doom. John. Doom, 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 doom. Just that? That's what you're trying to learn how to play? Doom, 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 doom. Yep, that's it. Can't do it. John, it's time to get off topic a little bit. This question comes from Fairy, who asks, Dear Hank and John, is it possible to find the center of the universe? And if yes, where is it? Oh. It's a very important question because I want to know where I really am. Not designed to carry very heavy... Fairy. <laughs> okay. I guess that's what fairies do. They carry very heavies. Wait, what? Uh, I don't know. It's like a gas giant thing that I just... No, I th- I'm just thinking of the about. boats. They carry heavy things. Oh, I thought it was F-A-I-R-Y. No, yeah, fairy. Okay. So Can I guess the answer to this question before you tell me? Yeah, you get, Give me a guess. I think that the center of the world is, is inside of my little soul. Like, right? I'm in the middle. Um, not exactly. You're really close, though. Oh, there is no center? No, the center of the universe is, for you, Yeah. your cornea. Oh, that's a little corny. Uh. <laughs> wow! Where are we? What's happened? I know. That was a good one. Down is up and up is down. Welcome to 2020, everybody. <laughs> no, but there is no center of the universe, right? No, well, th- so there is and there isn't. So there okay. is no, so in one sense, everywhere is the center of the universe and nowhere is the center of the universe. We think that the universe may indeed be infinite, in which case there would definitely not be a center of it. In another sense, th- there is the observable universe. So there's the 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 universe that we can, given the con- constraints of the speed of light, possibly see, because the universe has only existed for a certain amount of time. And so light has had to travel from that far away to arrive at us. And so literally the center of the observable universe is the observer. And I think that that's really cool. Wow. Yeah. It's not like Earth. It is whoever is looking. Wait, so it's actually my cornea. Yeah. Or it is the camera that's taking the picture. It's the Hubble Space Telescope or it's the, you know, giant array of telescopes. You know, whatever is doing the observing is the center. I find that so hopeful, weirdly. Like mathematically, like exactly. Like it's kind of making tears come to my eyes. Well, it doesn't take a ton right now. That's true. It's beautiful. I've got another weird one, John, if you want to do more weird ones. Yeah, let's stick with, actually, let's just try to, let's try to get through the whole episode just weird from here on out. Okay, this one's from Bridget, who asks, Dear Hank and John, the number pad on the keyboard and the number pad on the phone both have the zero at the bottom, Mm -hmm. and then they have a square of the rest of the nine integers, but the one, two, and three are on the top on the phone and they're on the bottom on the keyboard. And this is very frustrating because I get it backwards all the time. Why are these things not standardized? If your favorite bridge is a lady, call it Bridget. Oh. I love it. It could be Bridget. Maybe it's Bridget. I mean, I'm imagining that it's Bridget. Well, but now now that I've looked at the name-specific sign-off, I think you may be correct. So, Hank, as you know, I spent five years mm-hmm. doing data entry for Booklist Magazine. Yes. Not to brag, uh-huh. I wasn't good at most of my job, but I am so good at data entry. Yeah, you popping those numbers. I know my way around a keyboard number pad. I'm an ext- Again, I don't want to brag. I'm an extremely fast <laughs> typist. It's one of the only actual skills that I have. Yeah, he is very fast. It's wild to watch John type. It's, like when it's I thing. was in high school, I remember one of my teachers somewhat resignedly saying, well, 
at least you'll find work as a typist. <laughs> Which at the time, like, is less of a job now yeah. than it used to be. Yeah. But I actually did. Like, I went into a temp agency and they were like, what can you do? And I was like, really just one thing, but boy, can I do it. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. will you take our typing test? And I was like, take it. Yeah. And I took the typing test and they were like, holy cow. You fast. So my theory about this is that the number pad is actually perfectly designed because the numbers are all kind of like randomly distributed. Like you don't use one number more than the other usually, mm -hmm. except maybe mm -hmm. zero. Yeah. And as it happens, zero is the easiest one to hit. Like yeah, the it's... space bar is the easiest thing to hit on the keyboard. Yeah. And like, do you do zero with your thumb when you're doing entry with a keyboard pad? Yeah. So here's the wild thing. Um, the keyboard was done first because obviously like cash registers and stuff existed before phones did. Now we're not entirely sure. There's several theories why, but my favorite theory, and this is entirely unsubstantiated, is literally because of people like you who are very good at typing fast on this layout, the phone company had to make it opposite to slow people down. Oh. Because people who were good at this kind of thing would dial the number very quickly and the phone couldn't handle it. It couldn't, like the electrical impulses, it couldn't read the tones fast enough because people were typing too fast. You hear that a lot about the QWERTY keyboard layout, like the keyboard layout that most English language yeah. typewriters and keyboards have. Mm -hmm. It's not totally true of the QWERTY keyboard layout. In fact, if you want an exhaustive, some would say exhausting history of the QWERTY <laughs> keyboard layout, you could check out the Anthropocene Reviewed episode on the topic. It is something that completely fascinates me because like most actual inventions, it wasn't really invented by one person or another. It was invented yeah. by lots of people in conversation sure, sure. and cooperation with each other. Mm -hmm. But it is definitely true that the QWERTY keyboard layout keeps your fingers moving, which is one of the things that you want a keyboard layout to do. But if you're a phone company, you kind of need more tone yeah. in order to make it work. Yeah. And people wouldn't like push the button for long enough to even trigger the tone right. because they were so fast at it. Fascinating. So we're not we're not sure that that's the reason there are other guesses. And it may be that there were multiple factors involved and that this was one of them. But I, I love that. They were like, why is this so inconvenient? And it was like, because they literally designed it for inconvenience. They wanted it to be worse. Which reminds me that today's podcast is brought to you by the phone company. The <laughs> phone company, we want it to be worse. <laughs> we couldn't make the machine better, so we made you worse. This podcast is also brought to you by Jose's plant, Kevin. Kevin, living in Madrid, hanging out. Kevin doesn't need to go anywhere. It's such a good time to have a plant. We, we suddenly, all the plants in our house have seen dramatic improvements in their overall quality of life. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Gas Giants. Gas Giants, not stars. <laughs> finally, this podcast is brought to you by the center of the observable universe. Guess what, kid? It's you. And wherever you are listening to this, whoever you are, I'm just so grateful that we have you observing the universe from your place of actual centrality. Yeah. 
Also, we have a Project for Awesome message. Rachel Marochka donated to the Project for Awesome to get us to read this message for Ali Marochka. Hi, thanks for being my sister-in-law. I'm really glad that we've gotten to bond over Nerdfighteria, Hank and John, and the McElroy family of products. Congrats (laughs) on your impending or existing human baby. Rachel, thank you for acknowledging how long it can take us to actually do these. (laughs) So long that for all we know, Allie has a third child. You are or will be an awesome mom, and you're killing it, and I love you. Oh, that's so sweet. This episode of Dear Hank John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house, or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week, and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house, and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep. It's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Chobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. Sweet. That is very sweet. That is very sweet. All right, Hank, I want to ask this question because it's related to one of my biggest interests Mm. from Emily, who writes, Dear John and Hank, a few months ago, I played some of the Mountain Goats for one of my friends who has a similar taste in music, but had never heard them. By the way, for those of you who don't know, the Mountain Goats are a band. So otherwise, you might think that Emily was playing like Mountain Goat chanting. Well, I don't know what kind of noises they make. I assume that it's uh, some form of chanting, but it's not. It's a band. It's not just a band. It's the best band. Anyway, my friend and I were hanging out and listening to the music and a Mountain Goat song came on. It was Old College Try, which by the way, is a great Mountain Goat song. And they asked, is that that band you like? And I told them that it was. And they responded, uh, I don't really like them. They're too old. What? What do I do? I don't want to end a close long-term friendship, but I don't think I can be friends with this person anymore. Not a Bronte, Emily. Uh, They're too old is a very strange thing to say about a music. Yeah. Like, I kind of sometimes feel that way about, like, Beethoven, where I'm like, look, we've been doing music for a long time, and at this point, like... We've done better than this, right? No, I don't. No, I mean, as somebody who can't learn to play the 12-bar blues, I just want to state for the record, I disagree with everything Hank just said. Like, just because it, like, you know, like, listen to, like, um, Hall & Oates, for example. Like, that just is way better than Beethoven, right? Somewhere, both Hall and Oates just got a shiver. 
but they don't know why or where it came from. And it was because you said that. Yeah. I understand the impulse here. Like for many years, I would tell my bosses at Bookless Magazine that I didn't like black and white movies because they just weren't as good. Yeah. And because, you know, like special effects had come a long way. Yep. And uh-huh. movies had just gotten better, like we'd moved past all that stuff. And it was necessary mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like Citizen Kane paved the way for Die Hard 4, but <laughs> Die Hard 4 was still the superior film. Yeah. So I understand this impulse, Emily, and I don't think it's a time to break off this friendship. Or, I mean, if you can avoid it, a time to break off any friendships right now. But <laughs> I think you can accept that people have different music tastes. And yeah. There are lots of people who don't like the Mountain Goats. It baffles me. I, I think that they are, you know, probably wrong, but we've got to make room for different ways of listening to the world and looking at the world. That said, the Mountain Goats are the, are the best. <laughs> that music is too old. I mean, first off, their music uh, is not too old. They had an album come out this year and it's excellent. I don't I don't know that that's what they meant though. I think that it's not like that, it, that the people are too old or that the music is oldies. I think it's like that music feels like it's for old people. Oh, maybe it does, and I'm just an old person. It might sound a little bit like it's for old people. Not the new stuff. The new stuff sounds blisteringly contemporary to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, John. Yeah. I want to ask one more question, and we're we're circling back around. Uh, This one is from Lauren, who asks, Dear Hank and John, uh, I am among the many students whose schools are being shut down due to coronavirus. This is my last semester of my senior year in college, and I just... I did not expect it to be ending this suddenly and in such a way. They're moving us all out of the dorms. No word if in-person classes will even resume before the end of the year. I don't know if I'll be able to come back to walk for graduation. I'm sad, and I know that life throws you unexpected sad changes along the way, but how do we deal with the unexpected? How do we cope with this sudden sadness? I wasn't done yet. There's so many things here I still want to finish. There's no crying in baseball, but I will cry nonetheless, Lauren. And I think this is just a really important question because like, because there are big difficulties and little difficulties and every kind in between. And I don't know, like this is such a specific but real difficulty and such a specific and real like thing that that I would not wish upon anyone. And there are so many of those, you know, whether your yeah. school play has gotten canceled and like you've been working toward that goal or your robotics competition, you know, that's obviously very different from someone losing their job, but that doesn't mean that it's not really terrible. Yeah. I mean, one of the challenges here is that it's not that often in the human story where almost everyone experiences loss at the same time. Right. And many of us, maybe most of us, are experiencing some form of loss right now and some form of grief, but then also along with that anxiety and worry about the future. Mm -hmm. And it is really disorienting. And it does feel sometimes like, like your loss isn't legitimate because other people's losses are so much greater. Yeah. And I do think we need to pay attention to to those big losses. You know, in the United States, unfortunately, because of the nature of our our, our safety net, losing your job can be a health problem. Mm-hmm. And many, many people are going to be facing health problems and dealing with them around the world in, in really profoundly strained and stretched healthcare systems. And the losses involved in all of that are genuinely 
un- unimaginable, at least to us today, where I'm sitting, you know, on March 15th. Mm-hmm. But but Warren's loss is still real. It, it sucks to not be able to graduate from yeah. college, to have imagined this moment since you were a little kid and to have worked so hard for it. You know, and to have seen all of the movies and all the stories with the caps and the gowns and, 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 and the throwing up of the hat and everything and to have that taken away from you sucks. Like if you were a student athlete and now you mm-hmm. don't get to participate in a basketball tournament, it sucks. Like that's a that's a loss. Yeah. So we're all experiencing different kinds of, of loss. And that's hard. Anybody who who's minimizing it because your loss doesn't compare to other people's loss just doesn't understand how how grief works. Right. And you will also do that to yourself. But you have to un- yeah. understand that 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 is also irrational, like difficult things are difficult regardless of the situation other people are in. And that has all, always been the case. But if there's anything here, it is that because this is something that is being uh, experienced on a really sort of large and wide scale, um, hopefully there will be support. You know, we will, we will be able to lean on each other. And like that is, has always been, remains the biggest source of meaning that we have is helping each other out. And so let us continue to do that, whether it is just saying, yes, that sucks. And to, you know, to be aware that this is going to be a hard time for a lot of people and we're in it together. Yeah, I completely agree, Hank. And I I do have a somewhat analogous experience. Hmm. I had to take a semester off from college, partly because I had whooping cough and partly because I had a steep decline in in my mental health. And so I didn't get to graduate with all of my friends. And uh, I was really sad watching graduation and knowing that I was was never going to have quite that moment. Like it didn't get taken away from, from me the way that it's been taken away from you, Lauren. But I do remember feeling really sad. And my religion professor, Donald Rogan, when I did graduate the next January, he organized a graduation for me, a a private, I'm going to start crying, but um, a a private graduation ceremony where he handed me a, a a diploma that he had written on a piece of construction paper (laughs) and that he had signed along with, with my real diploma. And, you know, that happened in his living room with uh, with just a couple people there. And it wasn't the graduation that I had imagined, but it was still a really special, wonderful moment in my life. And so I hope you can find a way to have, have a moment like that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that, John. I am going to do some news from Mars. Should I start with the news from AFC Wimbledon? Uh, it's it's short. <laughs> the news from Mars is, is nice. So you go first. Okay. Next week on the pod, I'm going to talk about the Plow Lane bond, which is still happening amid these very uncertain times as AFC Wimbledon tries really hard to figure out a way to finish their new stadium and get home where they belong back in Wimbledon after all these decades away. Um, But in the meantime, in the short run, the season has been postponed for, you know, several weeks, probably longer. I don't think any of us knows what this looks like, and I don't think any of us knows. Yeah. And so the season's been postponed. Several prominent soccer players have been diagnosed with 
COVID-19. Uh, nobody that I know of anyway, as of this recording, uh, close to AFC Wimbledon. But yeah, I mean, the season's obviously off as pretty much every sporting event is. And we don't mm-hmm. know. But for now, uh, there are no games. And um you know, it's a big loss for people who gather every week and for whom that's, you know, the the center of, of their their community, you know, as it is for every sports team, every place of worship, every, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Every gym, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So mm-hmm. Wimbledon's just a small part of that story. But yeah, that's the situation. Well, in news from Mars, John, uh, this has not, this was a while ago now because we've been broadcasting some older live shows, uh, but... The Mars 2020 rover has a name, John. Oh, and I love it. Did you know this? Tell me the name, Hank. He's so happy. The name is Perseverance. Say it again. Uh, Perseverance. I mean, I wish you had slightly better pronunciation, but it is my favorite, favorite thing about people. I love it. I love it. How do you love this name? How should I say it? Perseverance? Perseverance. I, sometimes I want to say perseverance, but it's not. It's perseverance. Yeah, perseverance. It's just, I think you're overthinking about... it. It's like when I try to pronounce Antarctica. <laughs> Everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> Where's that? What? Wow, you really went for the enunciation on that one. But too. I don't. I, I love I, to get the t in there. Antarctica. If I don't say Antarctica in slow motion, I say Antarctica. And then yeah. people, and then I feel like I'm doing it wrong. Uh huh. But I I think just don't overthink it because probably when I say Antarctica, everybody knows exactly what I mean. Yeah, they do. But I love to say Antarctica. So it's perseverance. It's perseverance. And uh, and many people when it was announced, uh, suggested that a, a nickname which I'm sure is going to stick of Percy, because that's cute. And Percy's going to go to Mars. It was named by a student, Alexander Mather, who looks like uh, me. He looks a little bit like me when I was his age. Uh, he's a n- little nerdy looking kid and he gave a great talk uh, about why he chose that name. And among 28,000 entries from K-12 students, there were like 7,000 judges uh, who are mostly school teachers around the world. And then finally, the last few, the nine finalists came up on the screen and we all got to vote on them and I voted on one and I don't even remember which one I voted on. But let's just say that I voted on Perseverance because I'm all, I'm very happy with how how it went. So congrats, congrats to Alexander. And, uh, and also I'm just very excited for that uh, mission to begin and for us to move forward. It is a, it is a, a better name now than it was on March 5th. And, and it is one of those great human qualities, John. I think it's the great one. I think curiosity is awful good too. Curiosity is awful good. But do you know how we've been taking down prey that was bigger and stronger oh, yeah. than us for tens of thousands of years? Yeah. We're not the fastest we may not even be the smartest but good god we are persistent yeah i love it i love that about us yeah now more than ever well that's that's all the news i have i will have more next week there's lots going on in mars news but i'm just that that's a big one and i'm excited to be saying saying perseverance rover and also also i will finally learn how to spell that word oh yeah it's definitely not one i can spell Great news. It's just severance with per before it. Well, now I'm going to start mispronouncing it. <laughs> it's just perseverance. Perseverance. And people will be like, excuse me, what? I've always admired human perseverance. Well, and also I have, n- I have n- no idea how to spell severance. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It always solves half <laughs> the problem. It doesn't actually help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
John, thank you for potting with me. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tuna Medish. It's produced by Rosiana Halsarojas and Sheridan Gibson. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to be awesome. I had no idea that there was an A in perseverance, by the way. Like, I just Googled it and I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked to learn that there's an A in severance. <laughs>